Ah, oh, shit. Here we go again. Welcome to the Beards and Miles podcast, where we talk about beers, miles, and whatever else we can manage to come off topic with. My name's Chris, and welcome back to the Beards and Miles podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm here alone in my home, drinking beer. Um, Mom, I hope you're not disappointed in me, but uh, here's another one. <laughs> and we also have Larry. How's it going, Larry? Are you really alone if you have friends that you could podcast with, though? Like... You know what I mean? Like, we're on Google Hangouts. We're all drinking together. We're all friends. So are you really ever alone, Chris? Is it the friends we meet along the way? It's the friends we made along the way. You're starting it. You're, you're catching on. Hi, everybody. We also have Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hey. I'm here, and I'm surrounded by all of my best friends behind me, my race medals. Um uh, <laughs> They're all very beautiful, and they're all very wonderful souls. Can you, or sorry, Nicole, you know that this is a uh, audio-only podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, I still <laughs> wanted to show them to my very close friends that I'm podcasting with, Larry. Uh, oh, I have news for you. I'm kidding. What, <laughs> you, what you don't know is that there's actually no metals back there. There's actually a stack of Coors Light stacked all the way to the ceiling. I didn't even know Nicole like Coors Light, which he does. <laughs> it is the official shower beer. Is it actually the official shower beer? Yeah, you've never seen those commercials? They're always like the official shower beer, Coors Light. Uh, no, I don't watch a lot of TV though. Me either. We don't drink a lot in the shower, so we don't really know. Neither do I. I've never had a shower beer. Continue, I'm sorry. Hi, Keen. how's it going? going good you can see all my friends behind me it's just bottles of vodka bourbon and box wine <laughs> box wine queen herself box wine queen herself building a name for myself i don't know it's coming along Keen for a box <laughs> and for today's episode we have a special guest uh my little teammate brent hunter uh brent ran for tiffany university uh where we competed together uh for my last year and his last year um he ran 358 for the 1500 which translates to just about a uh 415 416 mile and uh he is number five now on the all-time list uh no number four on the all-time list for the steeple ran 923 for the steeple uh, around the Gliac with me, and uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast, Brent. All right, thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, yeah, I w- wanted to have a conversation today regarding um, basically how you got into running and you leaving running because you just recently got back into it after looks like. About a year or two of like, hey, I'm going to come back to it. I don't know. And now it's like you're doing workouts and everything. So uh, talk about how how did you, how'd you get into running? How did you get into this whole crazy thing of competing competitively in the first place? So um, honestly, I was just kind of born into it. Uh, my dad has been coaching cross-country and track since before I was born. So some of my earliest memories are uh, – going to his team's cross-country and track meets. So 
I mean, it's, yeah, basically, I've, I've been around it as, as long as I can remember. Um, I was never really, like, forced into it or anything. It was, I mean, in the long run, it ended up being my decision to, to continue on with it. But um, growing up, watching his teams compete, and then both of my older brothers uh, ran both in, in middle school, high school, and college, um, and just going to their meets and, and watching and stuff. And I just enjoyed seeing the camaraderie of like all the teams that they were on and stuff. And it just, it just seemed natural. Um, it was never really a thought in my head that it, I wasn't going to run. Um, from, from jump, it was kind of like, I can't wait till I can actually get into a scenario where I can actually start competing myself. And you had kind of a weird situation when you got into college. Cause, uh, I didn't tell the story at all to the rest of the podcast, but uh, we go from you getting on a program that was pretty close to making nationals, I believe, and then a coach leaving, and then the entire program being in entire cross country program being in turmoil by that point. But when I joined the team, um, obviously my freshman year, 2010, um, we we were already a pretty good team, a pretty good Division two team. Um, with some kind of outside aspirations of potentially making nationals if, if everything kind of fell our way. Um, and then that coach that I had for two and a half years out of, out of my five years, he, uh, halfway through my junior season. So right as we came back from winter break, um, I, I don't know specifics on what happened. Um, there was some turmoil with, within the coaching staff of the track program. Um, but the head coach of the track program at the time, who was technically, uh, technically, I guess he was the, the head cross country coach as well, um, decided that it would be best to let, uh, let our coach go. Um, so he did that. Um, and when that happened, our, I mean, our coach was kind of like a second dad at that point in time. So, most of the team, if not all of the team, was was fairly upset. Myself included, that you know he was he was let go. We had built a, a team of our top five guys were all guys who would run fifteen twenty or faster in five k's. Like our top two guys were already sub twenty five as like freshmen um, early into their sophomore seasons. I was like our fourth or fifth guy running low twenty fives, um, but he he got. When our coach got let go, basically the majority of the team quit at that point. Um, over half the team quit. And not too many of those top guys remained. It was me, um, our number two guy at the time, and our probably our number seven guy. And then after that season finished up, it was just me and that number seven guy who kind of um, stuck around. And then it was kind of the same thing for the girls' team, too. They, they, they dwindled in numbers pretty quick. So we went from pretty quickly to having thoughts that within the next couple of years, we might be able to make nationals to, like, well. Last in conference. <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not very good as a team right now. Yeah, that was what I came to. Because that, that would have been – I came in – your fifth year of this yeah. whole thing and uh, not knowing exactly what was going on only to find out, holy crap, 
did I come into a sticky situation? <laughs> and then like it, just the team itself, like the people that were left on the team when we got, when I got there and we both got there, it was like really interesting such dynamic. Cause, uh, and, and even then, because you still continue to improve. So how did you, cause essentially you were on your own at that point. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm putting words in your mouth there, but like it just seemed when I saw when I met you, your seat your last year, it basically seemed like you had been training on your own at that point. Besides maybe grunting. Yeah. I mean, we had. I mean, we still had some guys that were like remnants from that team. So, like you know, Michael Grundy, um, he was still around. My my fourth year was his last year, so I still had a little bit of a training partner in him. Um, and even after he graduated, he was still around Tiffin. So um, I got to run with him a little bit. I mean, like, you know, Kevin and Rick were mm -hmm. still there. So, like, there were still guys that, you know, on, on most of the workout days could um, could still run with me and stuff. But they just, I don't think they necessarily took running as seriously as I did. So uh, there were definitely times where it was kind of like, I'm, I'm taking these workouts seriously and they don't necessarily care quite as much if, if the workouts go well or not or if at that point they improve um and i guess that's just me speaking off the top of my head i, I might be completely wrong in mm -hmm. that, but um yeah i mean it, it, it got tricky at points it was nice to have run in because he was a hard worker and he was someone that i gelled with really well but um on top of that yeah it was kind of like making sure i stayed self-motivated and stuff absolutely and then uh fast forward i jump in <laughs> and uh right me and you did not get along very well at the very beginning. Because I came in, I, how I described it to Larry was, uh, I came in as the uh, uh, the, the uh, new fr new uh, fresh face as a, the, grad, as the, uh, the grad student, and I'm coming in with the with the old blood here, and uh, there's a lot of clashes happening from the very beginning. So. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it was, I mean, it was my team, so. <laughs> came in and I was I was aware of like your times and stuff and it was like okay so this is a guy that, that's definitely on my level but like this is where I've been this is where I've I built what I built so it's gonna take a little bit for him to uh come in here and, and show me up like it was the guy I'm I'm clear cut number one which isn't where I thought I would be at that point but like all right, now here's a guy that's actually going to challenge me for it. So let's 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 kind of show up and show him what what I'm actually made of. I'm just kind of excited to get to the part where we start the fight club because uh, I know that obviously like the running part's important and all that, but but I'm, I'm ready to hear about the fist fights and, and the civil war situation where the team breaks off and there's there's two different sides. I, I'm just ready for that. Speaking of fist fights. I think I think you've thrown out some compliments, and I've I've tried to accept a couple times. <laughs> oh, just just Brent, I'm uh, Dan, I'm actually on the weather. I think is when you said your schedule. Yeah, over. I uh, I think I'm under the weather at least until January first, 2021. So um, until until then, unfortunately, I am very ill. I'm actually bedridden, as you can see. Um, but January first, 2021, I may or may not still be in the United States, and if I am, then we can probably fist fight. I was going to say, what country are you fleeing to? <laughs> if not, then I may be asylum. It may be an Edward Snowden situation, and you may have to find me. That's all I'm saying. He's going to be in Ecuador. <laughs> Ecuador. Yes, my second country of choice, Ecuador. <laughs> well, uh, 
it's really weird. I mean, there was almost a fist fight at my house a couple like uh, <laughs> my 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 freshman my my first year there. So that was a uh, that's what Larry asked. He's like, yeah, was there fist fighting? And I'm like, well, there almost was. There was always a bunch of a bunch of fights on the team. And it's like, but we were just a very dysfunctional family at that point. Yeah, I, uh, I think there were some conflicting personalities and there were some people that, um, I don't know, I, I feel like a lot of times I tried to play Big Brother. So, like, I, I tended to kind of pick at people a little bit. Um, I like to think that I knew where the line was most of the time, but when you start putting, like, alcohol into the situation, <laughs> sometimes that line moves a, moves a little closer than you think it is. So sometimes I think I push the wrong buttons on, on certain people and... and uh, yeah, there was there was a couple times that uh, I, I was I was challenged to fights or, or people challenged me to fights. Luckily, nothing ever came to blows. But uh, the the one time, if I'm thinking of the one time you're talking about, uh, Rick was Rick was trying to procrastinate it, and I remember your face when you walked in the room kind of looked like, oh god, this is gonna happen. And I remember Rick just sitting there like, no, no, just let him let him talk it out, let him talk it out, he'll be fine. Yeah, so I. I I think uh, I think uh, I think the dynamic on our team was uh, Brent was a big brother and I was a drunk uncle. <laughs> That's probably fairly accurate. Uh, that hasn't really changed, Chris. Oh, uh, it hasn't. It absolutely hasn't. <laughs> but I kind of I kind of wanted to fast forward through because this was an and this kind of ties into because um, I don't know if you knew this, Brent, but I actually had the entirety of my last my my first season at Tiffin um, kind of written out like. I would write on, on Tumblr about like my workouts and things like that. So like a lot of it, like I have it, I actually copied it down and it kind of goes in line with like, with, like the one that I'm going to actually release this weekend for, for the art for like just burnout. Cause like I burnt out completely. That's a fast forward there. But uh, it was an interesting, like the story was with me, me and Brent is like kind of coming into it. Uh, it was me and him at the top of our team and every workout would be just us dogfighting essentially. Um, and it'd be like, we'd stick together and then I'd start sprinting at the end and it would always be like, it would never be a situation where we ever worked together up until a certain point. Yeah, there was, there was definitely a point that it clicked. Um, I always feel like I, I remember just, I kind of took from when I first, my first coach in college, like he, he always preached good, better, best. So a lot of times when we did workouts, you know, your first couple were, were good. And then just as you went, like the idea was to get faster and faster. And I always kind of hung on to that. And I feel like when you came in a little bit, you tended to start some of your workouts a little bit quicker than I would. And then a lot of times towards the middle and end, like, I would start catching up as you start to kind of get a little bit more tired. But uh, overall, I think when all was said and done, we probably averaged the same pace across the board almost every workout. So we were just going about it two different ways to get to the same, you know, the same end point. <laughs> but uh, I do specifically remember the workout where it, it kind of clicked for us. It was an interesting situation because it's exactly what he said is, uh, and it's it's a, it's a story of two different seasons altogether. Because you have myself that's been like 
I pushed way too hard and uh, I basically start sprinting at the end of every um, at the average segment like me and him would be together for about probably a mile and then I'd, I'd kick him down on the last 400 and it wasn't didn't really matter because it's a fucking workout um, and then by the end of it uh, raise your hand if you made it to the end of the season healthy because it was you. <laughs> so he ended up running 2450 uh and it was 25th at Gliax. I got 50th and I was hurt. So uh changed a lot of things there and uh yeah. So it it, it it's something that I've looked back on and there's a lot of mistakes were made in that first season. Um but enough about about that. Um let's talk about the end of your your career and your running career um how did you feel about it and how did did you plan on running after college yeah i mean i think the end of like the college competitive running career um i mean i think i ended disappointed uh the one or two events that i can look back at and say like okay i'm, I'm pretty happy with what happened there were was the ak um Breaking 25 and cross was was exciting. Um, can't be can't be too mad about that. Um, and then the sub four in the 1500, I'm 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 fairly proud of because that's something that I didn't ever really think I I would hit. I was never like a miler. That was never something that um, was ever in my wheelhouse. I was always distance, and I was going to have my success uh, over distance. But everything else, I mean, like 5K, I ran 1513 indoors, but uh, I know at certain points I was in 1440 shape, but I just never ran it. Um, 10K, I mean, I never actually ran one on the track. So I think my PR is like 3230 in that cross country. And that's something else, too, that I'm like, I think I should have been able to run 31s just based off some of the workouts and stuff that, it, that I had run previously. And even like steeple where um, you mentioned, you know, I'm top four or five or whatever in, in uh, school history for Tiffin. I ran that early, like really early in my third year of track or my second year of track. And then I never, I never hit it again. Um, so it always felt like I should be faster than that. I feel like I should have been like nine O's in, in, in that regard. So I, I had some struggles. I don't know to this day still, I don't know what my issues were, but, uh, my last two seasons of outdoor track, early in the season, I was having problems with, like, energy. Like, I would run workouts uh, or I'd run races. And, like, early on, there was no, like, steady decline. Like, normally you can kind of feel like, okay, yeah, I'm getting kind of tired, but I can push through this a little bit. There wasn't that for me in my last two seasons. It was, oh, I feel... Like, I remember distinctly my last 5K indoors, my fourth year, going through the mile in, like, 448, like, on 15 flat pace and thinking, like, oh, oh my God, I feel great. Like, this is this is when it's going to happen. And then it just fell off the table. Like, there was no slow decline. It went from I'm running 448 to 530 for the next mile to 550 for the next mile. And then even my fifth year, the last 5K that I ever ran, I actually dropped out because I went out in like 450 and felt pretty good. And then the next mile was like 550. Like there was no steady decline or anything. I still to this day don't know what my issue was. 
I'm, I'm guessing more than anything, I was just burned out from all the running I've done in my life and all the miles I was doing at that point in time. But um, it kind of left a bitter taste in my mouth just because I had two bad seasons, especially when my sophomore year of track, I scored in the steeplechase in Gliac, which is a heck of an accomplishment. Toughest conference in the country. 32. So, yeah. So, I mean, there was, um, I, I mean, from where I came from in high school, if you would have told senior year Brent the times that I would have run, he would have been ecstatic. But knowing what I was able to do workout wise and some of the other races that I ran, there was no reason in my mind that I shouldn't have been faster uh, than I than I ended up being in some of those events. So, so after after it was all said and done, I mean, when it was over, when that last race was over, did you just not really see like running at all? Just as were you just were you done with it for a little bit, or were you gonna? What was the original plan? No, my uh, my thought process was when I got out of college, I didn't really have any like job opportunities or anything right away. So when I graduated, like I obviously I was starting to apply for jobs and things, but. I thought to myself, let's give it like a real good six months. Like, let's give it a good six months of just focusing on running and see what, see if I can make anything out of it. See if I can get a little bit faster. Even if I could find like some sort of small sponsorships just to have me run road races or whatever. But it just never, I don't know, it just never clicked again. It never really. I couldn't make myself consistent because there wasn't like the team. There wasn't really anything that I was necessarily running for. So it just kind of fell apart. Um, I mean, I stayed relatively consistent, but I just didn't have workouts. I didn't have plans. I wasn't really signing up for races or anything. So, uh, I mean, it just over time, it just kind of disintegrated. Um, and then when I got my first job, which ended up being a job I absolutely hated uh, like eight months into it. And I worked it for like a year and a half. Just the stress of not liking my job made me, when I came home, I just didn't want to do anything. Um, I just wanted to sit and relax and play video games and drink and not think about physically exerting myself running. So um, that job was definitely a detriment to running as well i think that was probably the longest time i probably went two or three months without putting in a single run at that point in time which was by far the longest i'd gone without running since i was like 10 or 11 probably so a good 13 or 14 years where that kind of undid it and that's it's it's really interesting how uh I feel like our stories are very similar in that sense because like I was going to give another six months of just hard training and then get real into it. And then it took me, I think it took me two years to get back really, really into it. Uh, at this point, uh, you had finished in 2015. So it's now four, four years, five years later now at this point. Um, yeah. What changed? What changed compared to then? Because like we had talked about you running again 
last year, and you did, and you you got to you got pretty fit. Uh, but now it's different. So what changed? Yeah, um, I mean, I think I've always, I mean, I still always kind of ran a little bit after after I left that the job that I didn't like. I always found a little bit of time to at least run somewhat. Um, I think in 2017, I actually had run pretty consistent. I got back down to like 16, 30 shoot day, um, but then I just kind of burned out again just because I hadn't done it in so long and I was doing more miles. Um, and then at the beginning of last year, I started to take it serious again. And then I got hurt um, probably the beginning of March sometime. I had to take two months off. Um, I was going to like rehab and stuff. I don't still really know what I did. Um, the physical therapist thinks it has something to do with my abductor muscle. Um, but I just, I couldn't really run on it. Every time I wanted to run, it just kind of burned. And then. So towards the end of last year, when I started to get healthy, I started to get a little bit more consistent. And then uh, I just decided that I was tired of not being as good as I once was. And I was tired of not, of knowing that I had an unfinished business, that there's, there's still things that I want to do in this sport. Um, and there's still things that I want to contribute to this sport to uh, hopefully close out some of those, those things uh, in my mind. To, to end on a better note than I ended on in college, to end on a better note than all these other times that I've tried to get back to it and failed. So there's just a, a, the additional motivation of it now that it, it's time to actually be serious again. Uh, it is interesting, too, because, like, obviously there's a difference between running in college and running for a team and then kind of running for yourself. And obviously you have to kind of find that that divide, right, where it's like what, what really motivates you to be able to run for yourself and, and what kind of – obviously like times and stuff like that, but like um, when you're running now, are you, is it like running for marathons? Are there certain races that you want to run that maybe you haven't gotten the chance to yet? What really is like the motivating factor? Let's say six months, a year, two years from now, um, what's kind of keeping you going other than just times and, and kind of, you know, uh, beating the paces that maybe you would have run in college. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, right now there's not really, necessarily any specific plans for like a marathon or any specific races um my goal in the long run is to finish the business that i didn't finish in college so like i think my big one right now is sub 15 5k um i i think i should have been able to do it in college and that's always been one that's loomed over my head a little bit but i've always been disappointed that i that i couldn't really hit that one so Right now, the goal is eventually, hopefully, either towards the end of this year or just even into next year. I'm, I'm not putting a cap on, on when I want to get the goal or anything, but just continuing to make strides towards getting back to that point. And then once we start getting close, then we'll try to find a race that's, that's pretty serious that I can get into where I'm going to have some people to run with, not just some kind of random road race around here like maybe try to find a college track meet or something where I know that there's going to be competition to, to help me push towards that. Um, so while that's the end goal right now, it's just, let's make little improvements every time, every couple months. Let's see if we can knock 10 seconds off the 5k. Let's see if we can knock 15 seconds off anything towards the goal is a bonus. It, it's, it's positive. Um, so we're, we're just going to keep rolling with it kind of stinks that I don't have 
obviously the whole pandemic thing going on. Right. That can't really go race and see where I'm at at any given point in time, but um, we're, we're just going to keep running hard, um, running smart, and, and hopefully when things start to clear up, find a race where I can actually see where I'm at and then, you know, continue to tailor workouts and things off of, of, of that. Yeah, it is interesting, too, because you talk about, like, shaving seconds off, and I feel like, I don't know, I'm one of those people that, like, I feel like like I need to see, like, actual virtual progress in order to be able to to enjoy what I'm doing, you know what I mean? And, like, like oh, I ran a second faster than my PR, and, like, that's all I've done. And, like, I get it that, obviously, after a while, it's diminishing returns, but, like, with that, where you're only shaving seconds off, like, does that motivate you? I, I feel like after, like, you're, you're no longer shaving minutes off, it's completely different than, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think as long as you're taking time off, you're, you're still making strides towards the next goal. Um, and even if in that situation, you know, if I'm thinking like, okay, maybe I should month over month, I should be shaving 10, 15 seconds. But for whatever reason, I only knocked off two, three seconds or a second. Like that just gives me the idea to go back and look like, okay, what was I doing that didn't work? What workouts weren't a benefit? Where did I run too many miles? Where did I run too hard? What sort of things can I can I switch in all this to to get back on the right track? Um, obviously, any improvement is still is a is a positive. Um, yeah, as long as you're making strides towards the right direction, even if it's not as much as you would hope it would be, it's better than taking a step back or it's better than staying stagnant. So yeah. um, you got to look, and obviously with running and stuff like your body's not going to feel good all the time. So uh, I've been going through like the last two weeks where I've just kind of felt very meh. Um, so I've taken some, some easier days. I had an easy week this entire week, but uh, I'm starting to feel a little bit better again. So we're going to start workouts up again, but yeah, I mean with running, I think that's one of the biggest things is, is just listening to your body. And then when things don't go right, I mean, there's a whole slew of things that could be, the issue as, as to why things didn't go right. And there's lots of things that you can improve on. There's lots of little things that you can do to stack on top of each other to, uh, to help get you to the next step. So on, on that topic, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So on that, on that topic and I'll open it up to everybody. Um, like it, how do you guys, when you get into those moments, cause I think even in the, and especially during this time when it's just you and your own, uh, and this is the most, this will, for most people, will probably be the most solitary running experience so experience in their life. Um, how do you get out of that funk? Because even if you're not, even if you're, because I think with, with college running, college running is very different. College running is also very susceptible to running hard and not taking an easy day uh, very much because it's, we're all working toward a, um, a singular goal, singular time goal. That's uh, very fleeting because once it's gone, it's gone. And I think we, uh, I think we push too hard, too quickly to try to get those goals. And sometimes we burn out. Uh, but it's always like we're we're right on the meter here. Whereas like post college, it's we we can take our time with it. Uh, how do you guys? And I'll, I'll open it up to every single per- every person in here. Uh, how do you go through those moments of just blah? Because <laughs> I think we've all probably experienced that in the last two months here I can go first um so I've kind of changed my running a little bit so one thing I'll do at least one to two runs a week is I actually call somebody on the phone and I talk to them 
So it's like I'm running next to them. Um, so that kind of helps motivate me because they're still holding me accountable to get out and run. Um, so I did that today. Like we organized what time we we're going to go run. We ran, we talked on the phone. Um, you know, she'll ask me what I'm running and end up running a little bit more or less or whatever it is. Um, so we motivate each other in that way. And then the second thing I've been doing is exploring different neighborhoods or different like parks or ravines and being new to the neighborhood that I live in. It's really easy to do. Um, and just kind of get lost in my runs. Uh, these are mostly on like easy and recovery day runs, uh, obviously, but that's kind of what's kept my running exciting over the course of COVID-19. I feel like I'm coaching a new runner from like two weeks, like as of like two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Cause I think four weeks ago, just like, I, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't know. Cause it was like, you were tired. You're just like it. And then three weeks ago, just like hammering. And then you're just like, last weekend, it was like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> you're excited about these workouts again. And I, I think a lot of it, once once things got canceled, I think it's very hard for somebody to continue to be motivated. Uh, but holy crap. I mean, last weekend. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the last three to four weeks have been awesome. Um and it's hard, too, because people on the outside don't get it. Like, they're like, why are you training for something that's not happening? Or why do you care so much? Like, you know you'll finish, like, a virtual run. Like, why are you, like, working so hard? And so it's hard to, like, describe that passion to somebody who doesn't have it. And I think having close running friends who are also still chasing down goals has really helped a lot as well. So with that being said, too, because this is – like Brent, you're you're now in a different world now because this is a completely different world than you're used to. Um, whereas, like um, the the world of just running in in general, I don't think I, I wouldn't say that that college running or even competitive running actually understands how it is to be like a just a, a regular runner or just a runner in general. Uh, so how do how do you you're not on a team. Uh, you're not on like. There's no team team to run with, and it's like, how's that motivation factor? Because there's no races on the schedule for you. There was not really anything there, and especially you're picking up the pieces from nothing, uh, essentially. Um, and then also, your it's tough to compare yourself to what you were running a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean. Part of it's tough because even since ever since I've been out of college, I've never really had like any other team or any other people that I've run with consistently. I've had some people here and there where I get a couple runs in, but most of this since college has been on my own. Um, but like right now, I find it way easier with all that's going on to run on my own because I mean, really, what else is there to do? Um, a lot of times when, like, if, if things are normal, um, like, my family tends to do a lot of stuff on weekends, so I can find excuses if I want not to run. Like, oh, I'm going to my mom's house for a cookout or whatever. Oh, I'm going to my dad's house for a cookout. Oh, I'm going golfing, so I don't really want to run. But, like, right now, I don't have any excuses. So this is, like, the first time where I think I can put all of it on myself, where I can hold myself 100% accountable, like, if I didn't go out and run, 
I don't have any excuses. It's just that I didn't do it. I was being lazy or I just wasn't motivated that day. Um, and again, like I'm just kind of tired of not giving it one more good try. Like it's always been, I, I, I've, hold, I've held it on my back for forever. Just not, again, not accomplishing the goals that I wanted to. So um, I didn't want to also like go through the rest of my life as, as crazy as that kind of sounds having a regret that I didn't try one more time. Like I didn't try to take it real serious one more time. And this has been as shitty as it's been for the whole world. Um, it's kind of been a positive in a way, at least from my running. Um, it, it's been able to keep me on track because there's no other reasons to get out of the house than, than to go out and run. So I might as well take advantage of it. Nicole, how have you been? How have you dealt with the, I guess the motivation factors right now? Because you're you've got into the end of your cycle now. Yeah, I have tapered. I did my last workout today. I have a time trial this weekend. Um, going in with kind of a big scary goal. I'll tell you what it is once I hit it. <laughs> but um, I. I actually am kind of feeling the, the a little bit tired, mentally tired of running. Like my body, like I go out there and I like crush my workouts and I like have to hold myself back. But it's like, like my physically I'm feeling great, but just like mentally I'm like, I don't want to go out there. So um, some of the ways that I've been keeping motivated, I, I'm not a music person. I don't listen to music when I run, but I've been listening to more music as of late when I get out there for like a longer run. Um, and like Keen, I just kind of explore too. Um, like we live in an area, but she lives like a mile from me. So I'm just to run and get lost in. Um, you just have to find them. So that's been really, really fun and really helpful. And honestly, like trying to find places that are not the trail to do workouts on has really been motivating me too. Um, Cause you know, no one really wants to be in the middle of like a, a hard 800 and then have to launch yourself into the street or into a, a pile of grass and vapor flies or rebels or whatever you're wearing flats that are not really good in the grass. Um, so yeah, trying to find new places to go has been extremely motivational for me, but maybe I should start calling people too. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, that, that brings a big topic real quick. Um, you left the running scene prior to the advent of the Vaporfly. Have you had a chance to run in them? Uh, your cousin is sponsored by Adidas, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, is. so he, he doesn't have any of those, but he probably has one of some of the best shoes anyways. Yeah, I would assume. I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know in terms of gear and stuff what what he wears most of the time, but I would imagine that he's uh, pretty well. Whatever <laughs> feels is, is, is the right thing. But no, I mean, I haven't had a chance to really run in any vapor flies or anything. Um, it wasn't really ever something that crossed my mind either as far as like how much a single shoe could improve how well that you would run or how well that you would compete. So, um, 
it's still kind of like a a gray area for me because that wasn't an option i I would try them out myself to to see what all the hype is about like i know there's been some controversies and things with them but um i I can't really speak on those ones from from experience I've, i've always just tried to wear shoes that were comfortable for me so i've never really tried to go above and beyond I, i've tried to like reduce weight on some of my shoes but that's been about um that's been about all that i've i've really done is in in terms of the the shoe technology yeah because that wasn't an option for us in college it was just like what what are you gonna wear <laughs> there's yeah. no i mean the only thing that was probably with the mambas and the mambas just had a carbon fiber midfoot shank and it wasn't anything too crazy it wasn't anything like you're gonna improve a certain you know, like efficiency based on wearing these shoes. So like, yeah, right. you, you now your hiatus is like in the time between that, like the running scene is completely different. I mean, heck like the, the entire scene is different. The entire scene, like the, the, the training scene, the, the racing scene, the shoes. I mean, even high school at this point, I mean, you, I mean, your cousin's kind of one of the reasons why it's changed too. So, uh, breaking four in a mile in high school does do that. <laughs> yeah. But has that actually has that been? Was that a little bit of a motivation? Seeing how well he's he's done. Um. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt. That's for sure. Um. I mean, watching him develop throughout high school, knowing that like the early part of his high school career I, I mean I was faster than he was but once he hit like late into his junior year it started to be like ah like if I had to actually race him heads up I might, probably can't get him anymore but yeah I mean like his success uh, I mean I would just say I, I mean I can't be like more proud of, of what he's done um, that team that he's made that's uh, the 10 man elite um, I mean that's like I feel like that's that's great for young runners. They're very active in like social media and all that kind of stuff and, and putting their names out there and interacting with people way more than some of like the other well-known running groups. So, I mean, I think what he's building there and what he's done to this point being just, I think he's just 21. I think he just turned 21. Uh, I mean, it, there's not a, a ton more I can say, but I mean, it's just, it's fun. It's fun watching him. Um, I remember all throughout his high school career, just thinking like, ah, is he gonna like peak a little bit here? Is he gonna like, like, all right, is he really gonna get that much faster? Is he gonna get that much? And every time he did. So it, uh, it's fun. I like watching him race. Um, I like looking up his results and, and seeing where, and seeing his name up against some of the the most elite runners in the world. It, it's fun. It's cool to say. It's cool to know that he's part of the family. It stinks that I didn't get those genes, but <laughs> it, it's still fun. But yeah, I mean, watching him have success, it, it helps. It helps motivate um, to know that he's out there working hard um, so that maybe when he comes up in the summertime that I can actually go run with him and, and hang for a little bit. <laughs> um, that, that thought crosses my mind too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty inspirational, and I think he's pretty inspirational for a lot of like the high school kids that look up to him and stuff too, and even some other college runners. Um, doing what he's doing is was, was pretty unprecedented, but um, 
I feel like he's he's hit the ground running, kind of no no pun intended there, but um, uh, I, I think he's he's still got a lot to show, and he's still so young too. So I think he's going to continue uh, impressing people and, and and breaking some barriers. So I uh, just again, I'm I'm super proud of him and everything he's done. So um, yeah. So. It's, uh, I want to hop in real fast. That, that Tim Manalee thing you mentioned, Chris, is that the uh, the article that you had us read quite a while ago? Now, is that relation to to Brent at all? Or yeah, that 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 uh, the article was actually about his cousin. Okay, his yeah, cousin. Okay, cool. It's a bit of nepotism, Chris. We're bringing the whole family in to the <laughs> to the podcast. I feel like we we first talked about the cousin, now we got Brent in here, and who's next? Brent's dad. <laughs> So you're going to be doing tomorrow. All right. After my seven miles or before? During. All right. <laughs> During. Right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle. No. Um, so you've heard it here first, guys. Next uh, Beers and Miles podcast, an exclusive sneak peek. Brent's dad. Um, all right. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. At what point does running fit into your life? Because I feel like we've all had those issues where, like, um, well, we try to stay consistent or we try to get into it or anything like that. And then, um, then trying to fit that with a, with, I guess we're not in college. We're not in high school or anything like that. It's like, we do have responsibilities now. Um, how do you, how are you guys, or how long did it take for you guys to even fit that as a consistent part of your life? And, uh, cause I know if, like just kind of starting off with me, like, 
it took me quite a while. It took me two years to be able to do that. Moving to Columbus was like, I'm like, ah, I'm going to get back in shape. I'm going to run for one of the local elite teams and we're going to do that. And then six months later I get hurt. And then three months later, I'm going to get back into it. And then there's a stint for three months and then nothing happens. And then another stint for three months and nothing happens again. And then it's just like, all right, I got to get either shit or get off the pot at this point. Um, how was it like for Keenan and Nicole, I'll start with you guys. How was it like for you guys to just uh, like implementing as an adult, like implementing a actual like scheduled kind of lifestyle of running? Um, I, I mean, I started running in college um, and I kind of kept motivated by signing up for actually Cap City um, in 2011. I think was my first cap city and um i didn't train for it and the longest long run that i had prior to that half was like seven miles <laughs> but uh i went out and I, I ran like a 146 or something um felt really good about it and i was like hey i'm actually pretty decent at this um so i signed up for the columbus marathon in 2012 and then i kind of just like winged it for my training then too like I didn't really train for my first marathon um just kind of went out there and did it and uh, I mean like I had run like I would just run when I felt like it and then my long run would be like oh yeah I'll run like 18 miles I'll run like 20 miles like I'll build my long runs but I just kind of like ran through the week when I felt like it and um after my first marathon I was at the time Boston qualifiers were 340 for my age group um, and I ran 83.42. And so I was like, wow, I could go to Boston. So I really should start actually training. And I've been training for just various races ever since. Um, downloaded a training plan. Uh, I actually signed up for the Glass City Marathon the following spring. And like I found the training plan and then I just started sticking to it. Eventually, um, you know, like running has peaks and troughs in your life. And like, you know, you can like really get into it. And then sometimes you're just like, I don't feel like doing this. I'm over it. Or you get injured. Um, and I've had my experiences with that too, but you know, it's just that constant hunger of like, I really like, I don't really like racing all that much. Like a lot of people really love races, like the races being canceled. That's not even a really big thing for me. Um, but I love training. Even when there's nothing on the calendar, I love just getting out and training. So that's kind of what keeps me going back to it um and like also just having that one constant that's in your life um but yeah like I started I mean running's been with me since I was an undergrad I went to graduate school I graduated with my PhD got my first really like shitty research job out of out of grad school I now I work for like a corporate company and like running has been the one thing that I've just had always so that's kind of like why I've kind of stuck with it so long and why I just what gets me going and what gets me out of bed and now I'm like six days a week and I can't imagine my life without it it's just <laughs> something I just do now Nicole was your PhD in running um yeah it's in uh the thousand um meters is that what a marathon is uh yeah <laughs> no, no. Damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
sorry. The second she said I got a PhD, I'm like, yeah, yeah, jokes. We got it's a PhD in vapor flies. Actually, I think I graduated when like the vapor flies were coming out. In vapeology, if you will. Yeah. Muted, 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 completely muted. I'm sorry. Continue. Keen, how... Well, how about you? Um, you have a career, and how is it like implementing a training plan? Even before we start working together, just running consistently, um, how has it been like for you? Because, like, you were doing high mileage in before this. Yeah, so I started running when I was in middle school, and then I ran through high school cross country. Um, but in the spring, I played lacrosse. So when it was time to go to college, I decided to play lacrosse over running. Um, I think I was just more dedicated to, I played lacrosse through the summer, I played lacrosse in the winter, and I just felt more connected to it at the time. I thought after I graduated, I would, you know, coach lacrosse, I would do camps, all that stuff. And I kind of just was over it. And I started running again very simple running like you know when you when you kind of have a background of running like going out running three four or five miles is you know you're just getting a quick workout in and then my friend asked me to run cap city i think in 2014 and that was really when i kind of kicked off my running career again and then i ran the columbus marathon in the fall that year because i was just obsessed with running and i actually trained my first half marathon I trained for, I ran every single run on the treadmill. And about two weeks before I was about to run my half marathon, they were like, someone told me that I would not be able to finish it outside. And it was like completely different terrain and that I like messed up my whole training and I was like kind of freaking out about it. <laughs> um, but it was fine. Um, I'd never trained again on the treadmill unless I had to. And, um, I kind of same situation as Nicole. I ran Columbus in the fall and I ran um, like a 3.40. And I was, at the time, Boston was 3.35 when I did that. And so I was so close that I just got really amped up about it. Um, and I used the Nike training plan at first. And I just started Googling, like, how do I qualify for Boston? Like, looking for training plans, like everything I could do to try to get there um, and then ended up qualifying in the spring uh, by joining a running group. And that, that's kind of where I got my uh, consistency and distance and discipline from being a part of a running group that ran, they ran four days a week together, which is pretty intense. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So I ran every single workout with them um, and really just kind of pushed myself to the next level. And running in Cleveland at the time was cold and I would just run through like 10, 20 degree weather and that amped me up even more because people are like, you're running in this? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm running in this. <laughs> um, but yeah, just working with a group and then I started writing my own training plans from just multiple different people I talked to, different research I did, um, and then recently started working with Chris this season, which has been awesome. So... We get to races, we get to build-ups, we get to training plans and everything like that. And this would even something for, for Brent, too, on this. Um, 
how do you get back into it? Because like you hit your high, you hit your high after a big race, you hit your high after a big training block, and then, all right, we're starting off fresh. Larry, this wouldn't be so much from you because you're now experiencing this first uh, restart. Uh, so this may be for, for for other people on this end. It's uh, how how do you how do you hit that high, and then go to all right, we're starting off fresh again. Are you saying I don't know how to experience the high of like, no, I'm not actually going to make a drug metaphor there, but are you saying that like, I don't know how to experience that high and then start low, Chris, because you're right. You're objectively right. But it just makes me sad. I just want to, I just want to throw my input in here. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, I think for me, uh, you have to have a goal in mind, even if it's a big goal. Um, there has to be something that you're working towards. Um, and then just dipping your feet into it. Um, you don't go from not running for consistently for months on end to dropping 60 mile weeks, 65 mile weeks, or going out and running eight, nine, 10 miles a day. Um, it's slow and you have to be mentally ready for it. Um, so like starting out, if you're only doing two or three miles a day, you got to build your base first. And then once your base is built, then you can, then you can start adding those other layers. Um, but I think the goal, having a goal in mind is, it has to be the biggest motivation for you. Most of the time, um, just thinking that what you want to do and then just realizing how you want to get there. Um, at this point, like for me, just kind of starting back up towards the end of last year and really getting serious about it again this year, like I have goals, but I'm trying to be smarter about it than I have been previously and realizing that I'm not going to get it all at one time, realizing that even after four or five months of consistent training, I'm not where I was in college. So you have to set smaller goals to get to those bigger goals, I think. But having a goal, I think, is definitely what kind of helps motivate having a vision of where you want to get to. Um, I think is super important for for anybody, whether you're starting new or whether you're you're starting back up for the after a break, um, after taking a couple weeks off, after taking a long hiatus from it. Um, I would completely agree. I would agree. Completely agree with that, um, and that's something that I have actually for Keen and actually for Larry as well. With like what I do for you guys is um, I have kind of ancillary goals. Afterward, <laughs> uh, the buildups themselves are goals in themselves, uh, but also like there's things afterward. So like for me, it's death to begin with, just to be able to see like, awesome. I have a full, hi Theo, hi cat. Um, so uh, so it's having having that that data for you guys. I like with Keen, I have a I'm gonna have 18 weeks of data to work with, which is fucking awesome. Um, and also to be able to build off of that and to be able to like completely make it um, as effective as I can for the next one. Larry, your end goal is Boston. So there is no way you would have made Boston in April. Uh, How dare you? <laughs> shut up, Larry. Shut up, Larry. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so there's that. Um, and I would say that that's something that's helped my running now um 
and it's helped to keep consistent is because the end goal is the trials. The end goal is making the Olympic trials and the marathon. So like it's all incremental steps to it. It was 225 at, at Boston, hopefully close to 220 at Chicago. And then we go from there. And I think it should be like that for every runner. If your end goal is, uh, <laughs> if your end goal is um, that particular race, you're going to feel that burnout. And I think we see that with a lot of the runners that we follow, um, like on our own social media. It's like they hit that race and there's a complete like mental break and just a lot of depression right after that, 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 that real big, uh, that real big issue time after the month after where it's just that, that low after that high. And it has to be, I think there has to be something forward. I, 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 the best thing to have is to have two goals. You have your goal for the race that you have ahead of you. And that's a building block for the next one. Be happy about that, that, that race that you got. That's, Awesome. That's what we're training for. Perfect. We hit it. Awesome. Be happy. Celebrate. Have a ball. But that's leading you to the next one. And then you you set your next goal after that for the next one. Because otherwise, it's like you hit that one and you're done. I, yeah, I also think that it helps to kind of like, you like train for different races too. Like you don't, like I, I like running marathons, but like I did four in a year last year and I was, my body was just like, I am so done with this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So like I, I shifted my entire focus for the spring season, even though I was completing Boston, I wasn't racing. And I, I, my goal was a half, my goal is a near city half marathon. So, and, and now like my goal is a 5k. Like I think that each race, like running a really great 5k is going to make you a better marathoner. Um, and running a really great 10K is going to make you a better marathoner. So, like, I think everything, like, my coach has, like, a, a four-year plan out for me. And we've discussed it so many times. And, like, there's a little bit of everything in there. And I think that, you know, like, when you get really tired of the one race or, like, you hit your goal in the one race, like, that's great. Setting focus and turning the tides to a different distance altogether um, that's been something that's really helped keep me motivated through everything. Um, and also like, yeah, like when you're just so burnt out of running, like after New York city, I took like three weeks off. I was like, I just, I don't want to run. And even when I started running back up again, I was like, I still don't feel like doing this. Like, this is not fun for me. <laughs> and so I took more time off and, um, like getting started after that was really difficult like getting back on my feet after taking like almost a month and a half off of running altogether and like starting with the new year and like trying to change gears. But ultimately I'm way faster now than I was even going into New York. Um, and like that time off was really important and actually probably saved me for this season. So like, yeah, just starting slow and not putting so much pressure on yourself. Like when you do come back, I think is also key. Like, I think, like, a lot of runners that we follow on social media that do get that burnout will not only get burnout, that burnout and that sadness and depression because they finish their race, but then they'll, like, be like, okay, great, well, now I've got to train for something else and, like, try to get my time better, and then they'll jump back into training, and then they'll just get injured or exhausted. Yeah, just giving yourself grace, starting slow. 
Folks, I'm trying to qualify for Boston as quick as I can to preserve my soul. Um, I think at this point, like, I feel like every season you lose a piece of yourself. <laughs> I don't know if it's just you guys or me, but like <laughs> the build up for the last season, I feel like I've like completely changed as a person. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to keep going through that, guys. I'm scared. So, <laughs> Larry, Larry, until you, until you're kicked down in a race, you won't know what broken is. I do know what broken is, Chris. No, until you start no. going, until you start going backwards and seeing people kick by you, you don't know what broken is. That's the thing, man. Like, I don't know if you've ever rode the dragster at Cedar Point, but like, you want the you want the ride to go. You don't want the ride to like stop midpoint and then go backwards. So, like, if we could qualify for Boston as quick as possible, so that way I don't have to experience the ride breaking down and going backwards, and then the crippling depression that comes along with that. Because, like, right now, you've mentioned it at some point on the pod, and and obviously whenever we've been talking in the group chat, you've said it. Like, we've been super lucky with the amount of progression that we've seen in the past couple of months, and, like, I've been super greedy with it. So, like, if we can keep doing that, that's awesome. But I'm scared of that one one run that, like, we go backwards, and then it just continues on that path for, like, months. Well, you're also also learning. You're also getting taught lessons from people that have done the hard – made the mistakes – because I think for both of us, Brent and I, like, like, kind of to a detriment at this point. Like that that see that first season at Tiffin broke me, and it's no it's no fault at coach at all. It's my fault at, at the whole thing. Like, coach gave workouts. I ran them too hard. He didn't say any time. I just ran them too hard. Uh, coach wouldn't have been angry about me running ten seconds slower per two k. I'm running K repeat, 2K repeats at sub six. So if you if you do that math out, three K three minutes a, a K, that's 24 flat. I wasn't a 24 flat, a sub 24 flat uh, AK runner, but I was doing that on grass up and down hills at the end of workouts. That didn't make sense. Like, and it wasn't anything with coach. It was me being a fucking idiot and saying, I'm going to just, I'm just going to ball out on this workout and like act like a badass because I want to be the top guy on the team. And at the end of the day, what happened? I didn't get to the end of the season. I ran 25.50 and I had to jog it in because I couldn't fucking finish. And that's yeah. a big thing. It's like, uh, it's completely burnout. I, and and even during track, me and Brent ran track season together, but we really didn't because I was in the slow heat because I barely broke 10. The year before, I ran 931. I barely broke 10 because I got injured right after I ran in New York. I broke my foot after I ran in New York. and uh, Or I fractured I fractured my middle toe after I ran in New York. And, and at the end of the day with it, it's like we teach these lessons because I've been broken because I've been an idiot about it. And I would say for, for, for a lot of things is too, like me and Brent ran the same workouts in, in track and we experienced people running. Um, and it was hard. It was a really toxic environment when it came to workouts too. And Brent can even talk onto this. It'd be, it'd be workouts and it'd be the 800 and the miler guys just start kicking from the first segment. And then by the end of it, they didn't finish. And so they would ruin our workouts. And I would actually start my workouts behind everybody, even behind the freshmen, because everybody would go too fast. And it was getting really frustrating. And it was always a thing where it's like, we teach these things because we've seen it. We've seen it from other people. We've seen it from ourselves. And that, that those dead legs come from 
just overtraining and just not giving yourself a rest. Boy, that does make me sad, though, to hear that you're running a 24-minute AK and I'm going for 34-minute AK. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Brent. I'm sorry. No, I was going to just kind of build off of that. But, yeah, I mean, like in college, especially when you have, like, different training groups that are kind of working together, and sometimes your your workouts overlap, like Chris said, when we had, you know, uh, we're, we're training more 3K, 5K, 10K, and you have the mile and 800 guys in 400 workouts with us. Even though, you know, we, myself and Chris may have been uh, the, the faster runners, they see themselves as faster over 400 or over 800. So when you're doing those workouts, they're they're trying to prove a point that, that they can hang with us in 400s, they can beat us in 400s. And there was a lot of times where they would take it out too hard and you have to know when is the right time to go to the well and when is the right time to run the workout the way it's supposed to be run. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, and there's things like that where, like Chris said, I, I distinctly remember where it got my fourth year. Um, I think on a spring break trip where we were running 400s uh, in South Carolina and some of the four or some of the 800 mile guys were, they were leading me through the workouts, even though my, 400 pace in that workout was supposed to be um, faster than everybody's, but they didn't want it. They didn't want that. They wanted to show that, you know, I'm an 800 runner. I can run fast 400s. So halfway through the workout, me and uh, Grundit just kind of were like, like, all right, if you guys want to beat this, go for it. And over the next like two or three, they ran them way too fast because they weren't great at pacing. And by the end of it, we were beating them anyways because we ran the workout the way it was supposed to be run. So I think that's a big thing, too. Make sure you're doing your training the, the, the way it's intended to be done. Um, like I kind of said, there's there's days where you're supposed to go to the well. There's days where you're supposed to, to air it out and test where you're at. And then there's days where you have a pace for a reason. There's Someone's not going to give you a pace in a workout because – they want you to run slow. Um, there, there's there's an underlying reason why why you have a pace or why you have set workouts. So um, just be smart with those. Run run them the way they're supposed to be run. Don't don't think you have to prove anything to anybody. Do it the way you're supposed to, and and, and things will tend to work out in the end. I can tell that you and Chris are teammates because you use the sentence "go to the well," and uh, Chris has mentioned that more than once, and I hate that. <laughs> but uh, second of all, yeah, I, I definitely. Uh, I mean, I'm coming off an injury, you know what I mean? It's one of those things that, like, um, I have an injury in my right foot. I haven't really been able to, at least the last week was great because this is the first time that I've been able to run six days solid, at least since April 12th. And I'm learning to um, adjust my paces based off of what I think Chris wants for me from, like, a normal run. So, like, now instead of running hard all the time, I'm running at, like, 8.15, 8.30 pace instead of running at an eight-minute pace for, like, my regular runs because that's only 30 seconds faster than what my marathon pace would be. So like today, for example, I run at 8.15 average. Really, it was more like 8.20s, but the last mile was a little bit faster. And like just continuing continuing to do that and just keeping that as like my solid average pace. Um, whereas for workouts, like you mentioned, you know, taking those a little bit faster or taking those at the pace that Chris wants me to run at. So um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting to be able to learn a little bit more about, you know, clearly you don't need to prove something to anybody other than yourself during your regular runs because the biggest thing is, you know, during races, that's the important part. Anything before that, it doesn't really matter. 
we also come from a competition standpoint where we didn't have Strava and we didn't have any of this stuff on social media at all. Uh, that's kind of where we grew up in. So like we didn't really see anybody until we saw them on the course. So it's a little bit different. I mean, I came into it with Strava and everything like that, but like it's a lot of still the same mentality that I have. It's like, I didn't have this information. Also don't really give a shit. <laughs> It's like everybody's workouts are different, but it's hard. I, I, it's really hard to be able to see everybody doing their workouts. And it's like, oh, they're running so fast. But also, like, I remember seeing the milers and 800 guys, like, really run fast during the first couple sets of our workouts and then just being, like, dead completely. And it's like, yeah, they're faster than me. They have run 156, 155. I can never touch a 155, 800. But in the day, it's like we have our own workouts. And in general, I think for everybody, they have their own workouts as well. But yeah, Keen. Hi, Keen. How's it going? How's it going? Keen, uh, what would you say to, what would you say just to anyone that's uh, like that transition period from, from, from uh, races to races? When you say races to races, you mean like they're just, running back-to-back races or after a race is finished yeah after a race is finished and you're going to completely new training program and i actually that's something that i never even asked you about how is that going from a a training program i I don't know if you were training yourself or or even that like how is it like going from from that last race to all right i'm going to be jumping into a new training program altogether um so I always take two to four weeks off of running completely. Um, My first week I'll do nothing but lay on the couch and eat whatever I want and drink and really just reward myself. (laughs) Um, The second week I'll start doing like some walks or some like light yoga, Um, but really 14 days, absolutely no running um, has worked for me in transitions in the past. This past fall, I did do, I want to say three weeks, but I've also taken up to a month off. Um, And then after the Fargo Marathon, I took like three and a half months off because I was injured. Um, And I basically worked my way back by running like one mile, take a day off, run a mile, take a day off. Um, Like really, really babying it when I was coming back. And I do that when I come back in general, like I do really light, slow mileage. Um, I think that that has worked for me personally and I feel mentally and physically recovered from training cycle to training cycle with this previous training cycle. I wasn't really training when I had a, I had a very long period of time off. I finished my marathon on October 20th. And my next marathon was slated for June 20th. So I think that's eight months-ish. So I started running mid-November, but really just kind of running whatever I felt like, just looking at miles, adding them up. So this has been like a really unique eight months for me. I know I started getting into some speed work, and then I found you, Chris, and you helped me, and you guided me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... I think that the recovery period is just as important as the training period. You cannot fully start training for another marathon until you're both mentally and physically ready to. And 
even though your mind may be telling you you need to run, you need to listen to your body too. Uh, there's two components to it. Um, and it's really hard. I mean, you go from training, it's, it's your life to doing nothing, sitting on the couch, being a vegetable, like just chilling out. It's just completely different from what we're used to. And I know we talked about this in our previous podcast about how, when we are training, we make better decisions and that is reflected during your post training. Um, I tend to eat terribly, tend to drink a lot of beer. Um, so I am actually working with a nutritionist now who is sending me on a cleanse right after I finish this marathon training, because that's the best way to recover your body, eat good food. Um, and so I'm excited to see how that impacts my recovery this time. And we, we have that too with, with, uh, with college running too. Uh, like right after cross country, typically I would, like I didn't have indoor in undergrad. So we'd get two weeks off, no running at all. Uh, because not only is it just a mental break, but also you may have some lingering issues too. Running hard for that long, like you're going to develop some issues. Uh, so it's nice to have that break and just kind of let everything heal up and then start up easy running again and get that refresh. Um, I would say just just in general, um, I think for me, for me as, as somebody that's come back to running um, after a long hiatus, and I honestly, at, at a certain point, I never thought I'd be able to run PRs again. Um, it's probably schedule. Like have a schedule for yourself. Um, I've, I've started building out programs for more people at this point. We're up to four people, uh, five still on that schedule because like, Annalise is still the spot that I have there. I probably won't take anybody else at this point because it's just I have too much at this point. Um, I have not that Annalise because I know that we haven't mentioned her in a while. <laughs> uh, but <coughs> as far as that, like, um, I think scheduling is for me as as somebody that's that struggled to get back for such a long time, and even during this time period after getting hurt for this past month. Scheduling is probably the thing that's helped me out a ton. I actually had it. I had to have a schedule built out for myself to be able to run last week. Uh, otherwise, like going day by day screwed me up. I built an Excel file for myself and said, even just for like seven days and said, this is what I'm going to be able to doing every day. I already knew what I was going to be doing every day. And that helped. Um, and just, I mean, it's helped myself. It's helped keep you accountable, Larry. Um, King, I, I think I think you you you've kept yourself accountable regardless. <laughs> Hold on. Hold the fuck on for a second here. What do you mean Keith's held herself accountable? I run six days a week. No, I know, I know. But if you didn't have a schedule for six days a week, you'd just be doing everything. Yeah, kind of. That's why you're my coach. <laughs> but <laughs> I also just want to piss you off. You're welcome. <laughs> I, love, I love when I do something like better than Larry or like I get like the praises for like the best coachy. I don't know. What do you call Call me. She's uh, had the, the employee of the month award for the last two months now. And I'm kind of hurt about it because like, you know, I'm a good noodle. I've earned the good noodle stars. But like for some reason, for some reason, Keen gets all the praise in chat. She gets beer delivered to her. And I had to go to Chris's house to get my beer. So like, you know. You got a beer. 30 pace. That's all I'll say. Look, 
But it's been the same way, like, with Nick, too. Nick getting to 200 miles in a, in a month. Uh, and he did. He got it. He got 200 miles in a month. It was awesome. Uh, and he got it healthy. Uh, and then Jake? Little Jake Dealborn, my little freshman from my, my first year at, at Tiffin. He's getting back into running. And I just gave him his first week of uh, training. So he's going to be trying to get back to down to seven minutes a mile for his runs. He was he's decent at running when he was in when he was in college, or no, when he was in high school. So like he wants to get back to that. But I would say like for anybody that for anybody that that used to run that's trying to get back into running, I think, and we can end it out with this is like your advice to anybody that was running for consistently that's trying to get back into it after a long hiatus. My big thing is that build a schedule for yourself. Um, have people around you to keep you accountable, and slow down, slow down a ton. Because the easiest thing to do when you're trying to get back into running is you have those thoughts of how you used to run and you're going to go out and, and you remember flying, you remember flying and you remember going. And then, uh, then you start flying for about half a mile and then you start puttering boom. And then you hit the ground and it just like, you know, Everybody's got to pick up the pieces and you got to pick up the pieces and then you feel bad about it. And then you, you start losing that motivation. Uh, I think the big thing for most people is like in your early days, really take it easier. Even if you're going really, really slow for the sake of motivation and for the sake of long-term progress, it's probably easier to just like take it on the safe side. Take it super, super easy. Take it super, super slow. Uh, and just, Look at the long-term benefit of it, uh, especially for anybody that ran in college. Realize that for the majority of us, we probably were running way too hard, way too consistently, and it probably wasn't to our long-term benefit. Um, I know for me it wasn't, and it was more on my end than anything because I wasn't told to run these paces. I did it on my own because we wanted to hit those goals. And those goals are fleeting pretty quickly. And so I figured I needed to fit as much hard training as I could so I can get there. For most people, it's the same way. And I think for most college runners, it's the same way. We all ran way, way too hard. Slow it down. Take your time. Then you'll be back at it. Brent. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that, that's fairly important. Um, when you're getting back into it for the first time, um, there's no rush on it. Like uh, all that's going to come from running too hard too early is just injury and just feeling of fatigue. So there's no reason to, to rush while you're in that base building phase. Just getting consistent is, is the biggest thing. Um, I, it's been mentioned a couple of times, but keeping your mental state the right way too. Um, I, I don't think people who are outside of the running community realize how mental of a sport that running is your body can feel great but if you're not in the right headspace you're gonna run like crap it's just how it is um that that's always something that's difficult to deal with once you get into that rut too so take your time don't don't rush into things um if you're a newer runner i i would suggest trying to find like i don't want to say a coach necessarily but like find a mentor find someone who knows a little bit more about running who can give you some advice because 
if you're a new runner, you're going to have a lot of questions about stuff that's going on. Uh, little injuries here and there, like how do I deal with it? Um, how do I deal with slowly getting into workouts? Things like that. Um, I mean, even if you find someone just a little bit more experienced than you who, who might have uh, another person themselves who, who they can go to. Um, sorry to pick on you, Larry, but knowing that, that you're a little bit newer, I mean, you still now have an understanding of like how building up to running goes. And if somebody were to ask you questions, you know, you, you're going to have some answers, but if right. you don't, you have a Chris that you can turn to and <laughs> the hierarchy to, to spread down to, to whoever you're, you're trying to help out. Um, and I think that's huge. Um, but like you said, just taking it slow, there's, there's no reason to rush anything. Uh, I know, unfortunately we're not getting any younger, but like, all that comes from running too hard too early is, is injuries. And with injuries just come setbacks, and then you got to start from square one again. And I think the end goal is to not start from square one over and over and over again. Um, and then once you actually have your bases built, then, then you can start doing your workouts and you can start uh, testing the waters a little bit, uh, trying to get a little bit more aggressive with it. But, uh, I, I, again, I think a huge thing is having goals too. Um, that that would be my advice to, to anybody starting up uh, again after a long hiatus or just starting new. Um, take your time. Uh, have, have like a mentor or somebody that you can talk to about running. Get get some ideas from it, um, and make sure you're giving your yourself some some time uh, mentally to recover. I know sometimes for me, what helps on easy days uh, is not running with a watch. Just knowing that. I know how long this loop is. Let me just go run, and I'm not going to worry about what pace I ran. I'm just going to go take it easy. Um, don't need to really worry about running a certain pace on easy days. You know, if your easy days are normally 17 or 7:15, and you go out and run eight minutes, whatever, that's what you needed that day to recover. So, so go for it. Don't being able to run 6:30 consistently on your easy days doesn't necessarily make you better than someone who's running seven fifteens consistently on their easy days. It just probably means that you're working a little bit harder on your easy days than they are. And easy days are called easy days for a reason. There, there's not, there's not a reason to push yourself. Man, it's, days. man, it's been a while since I've taken the watch off and just said, you know, I'm just going to go on and run. I might do that pretty soon. I used to do that a lot before the advent of Strava. So I might, I might have to do that. Keen. Brent, I, Go, okay. go, Larry. Go, Larry. I, I, I actually have three points slash questions to make here, so I'm going to try to make it quick. Number one, I appreciate that you said a Chris and not, you know, Chris, um, because I feel like Chris is, you know, one of those things you take off the shelf every once in a while and you just ask him questions. So <laughs> lucky just came. <laughs> I appreciate you, buddy. You are my Chris. Um, second of all, Brent, um, the, the listeners want to know how many shirts do you own? Dude. Um, like at least 12, probably. At least 12. All right. I respect that. Number three, Brent, how, how, uh, how old are you, Brent? Uh, I'm 28. I'll be 29 at the end of the year. So when did you graduate high school? I graduated in 2010. 2010. It's right around the time that, uh, the RuneScape would have been popular. Did you play RuneScape in high school? Oh my God. 
Well, yeah. Dio, actually actually Yes. <laughs> we don't talk about RuneScape on this podcast. Yes, we do. We talk about it every podcast. I, I think yes, talk about RuneScape a lot on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, they all it's get unfortunate. Pretty, they all get pretty frustrated <laughs> because I bring it up pretty much every podcast. So uh, that's awesome, Brett. No, I'm, I'm, I'm I still... actually thought about trying to sneak it in there before you did, but I, I went against my own. down to you. I'm so glad. This, I'm so this episode would have been scrapped. He, act, he actually may have let you fist fight him had you brought up RuneScape first. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Uh, yes, I don't think I know my login to RuneScape if I really wanted to play again. I still, uh, you can play on mobile right now. If you want to play old school RuneScape, you can play on your phone. So uh, I'm just throwing that out there for everybody. No, we're, we're jumping We're jumping on Warzone right after this. <laughs> yeah, we are actually. Actually, no, I've had I've had problems with my computer recently. It just yeah, keeps crashing. So. Uh, back on topic. Thank you, you son of a bitch. Uh, now I have to make this an explicit podcast because you make me angry. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> All these podcasts would be clean. If it wouldn't be that, Larry pisses me the fuck off. I'm pretty sure I already said fucking earlier, so if I didn't already, fuck it. There you go. There's your TVM. All right, everybody, throw it, throw, throw in, throw in your fuck for the podcast. Fuck. There's your TVMA rating, Chris. We're now on. We're now on par with Dexter. I don't know if I could be a part of this podcast. It's uh, really trashy. He, yeah, we have an esteemed box wine reviewer in our midst. You have to keep it classy, oh. Rocker. Hey, hey, hey. I don't know if my good Christian ears can deal with this Bob Mercury. Keen, what would you what would you say to any any people that are getting back into running? Yeah, I mean I think a lot of the points that were already discussed are valid. I think slowing down, you're not where you were at one point. You may have ran ten miles at one point, but you know, when you restart, you need to start slow and start low. Ah, I'm going to trademark that. That was good. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> of course, Larry going in and ruining my jokes. Sorry. Uh, yeah, well, I was hoping that Leo would scratch you as he said boo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think also not being hard on yourself. Um, it's very easy to uh, get down on yourself mentally and that's just you know you're restarting so just go easy on yourself and know that you'll get back to where you were um if you're patient and you work hard at it larry you talked enough nicole what would you say uh just to like really hit the tvma home I'm going to say, slow the fuck down. Speed up. Oh my god, I'm going to kill you. I'm going. I'm going to contract Leo to kill you. But really, slow, slow down. Um, and yeah, give yourself some grace. Like, it's not running is not easy, even though it may look easy. And like, even the professionals have a rough time starting back up. Like when they start back up, so. Just take it slow, take it easy, and give yourself some grace. And don't do speed work like your first run back, because that's really dumb. Yeah, don't do what I did and do a uh, 5K time trial day two of your uh, 
here. I I got uh, <laughs> Zach uh, gave me shit about. Then uh, I can say I was on a podcast. Zach did scold me for doing a 5K time trial day two of my uh, return back to running. Uh, so. Oh gee, I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, maybe next time don't do uh, no 5K time trials. And I'm like, but it was a D3 glory days thing. Hey, uh, Chris, now that we're uh, a week into my running at this point, can I uh, can I attempt the 24-hour ultramarathon now that we know that my foot's okay? I hate that. Only if you, only if you let me change your login to RuneScape for six months. Six months? Uh, all right, deal. No. No. Damn it. Fuck no. All right. I'll, like, call customer service and say he's been hacked. You would have to call Jagex in the UK, and they don't have customer service. You can only tweet at them. It's a whole thing. Trust me, the community hates it. Anyway. Neopets, <laughs> Neopets is objectively a better game than RuneScape. That's all I'm going to say. I'm sorry. Does Neopets still have a user base of over 100,000 players a day? I didn't think so. Can, can RuneScape paint their dogs in flames? Nope, they can't. They absolutely no. can't. They absolutely can. You can have a fire cape. I'm sorry. You kill Jad. You go through 62 waves of the fight caves. You get your gift cape, which is like hey, a hey, cape hey, hey, on fire. Hey, Brent, when am I going to get a 10 man elite sweater? When am I going to get one? Dude, it took me forever to get one. I can't even order that shit online. So, And I'm related to the guy. <laughs> the only reason I got this, the only reason I have this one, it's because he gave it to my grandma and it didn't fit her. So, <laughs> so this has become my only piece of tin man apparel. Hey, hey! I mean, you kind of famous. He commented. He commented on your return back to running. He's happy for you. Yeah. Yeah, we're back. Um, and also, Brent, I'm. I have a goal for sub fifteen as well. So uh, next year. If you want to go after sub fifteen, we can get in the same race and we can look at trying to get sub fifteen. So uh, let's go ahead and do that. that. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a while. It's I been definitely. Should, a... I think me and you should find a team race too to run. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely down with that. Also, uh, uh, I came up with this idea. Uh, shout out to uh, I run for pancakes who uh, just got his first. Uh, Job Fuck offer. you! I came up with this idea. Fuck you! I was okay. First, let you have it. He didn't bring up Background, background information here. I messaged the group and I was like, "We got to give a shout out to Ray Pancakes for getting this first teaching job." And Chris is like, "Larry, I run the podcast. We should give Ray Star Wars a shout out for getting his first teaching job." And Chris is like, "Good job, Chris." So fuck you, Chris. I've exposed you. <laughs> I think that the way it happened was Chris went, we should give Larry, or we should give Pancakes a shout out for getting his first teaching job. And Larry was like, wow, that was my idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, fake news, Larry, fake news, Larry. Uh, but yeah, but uh, Pancakes, thank you for sending beer. Uh, guys, you can have beer coming to your doorstep this week. Thank you, guys. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciate it. I just miss talking to people. So I appreciate having all of you guys on it. Um, Brent, where could we find you? Where can people follow you? Um, I think on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Hunter Runner. 
Um, so pretty simple. Uh, I don't post a ton on Instagram. I'm trying to start posting a little bit more now. More um, cats. More as cats. More running stuff. And I like cooking. So I'm going to start trying to post more cooking stuff. I'm trying to start experimenting a little bit more in the kitchen. Um, Twitter, uh, I've been a little bit more political lately. So if you don't want to see my, I, I don't tweet political stuff, but I retweet a lot of political stuff. I'm trying to stop because I don't think it helps anybody. But, um, so if you don't want to see that, don't follow me for now. There, just follow my Instagram. You get cats too. You get some catastrophe on his, on his, on Instagram. Cat oh yeah. Yep. My, my, my cat makes multiple appearances on my Instagram stories. Keen, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Keen underscore for run on Instagram and Twitter. I Instagram mostly running things, box wine, some cooking stuff, some books I'm reading, you know, the basics. My cat. Theo. Theo. Larry. Yeah, you, Larry. Look Hi. at the camera. Where can they find you? Okay, first of all, this is still an audio podcast. Um, second of all, I guess if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at family underscore. It's F-A-D-E-L-E-Y underscore. Don't follow me on Twitter. Don't follow me on Snapchat. In fact, ignore me. At battle.net, we can play Warzone together. Um, and if you do see my car, please send me positive reinforcement. Pause. 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 Pause real quick. Because if you want to follow you on Warzone, it's not fatally underscore. It's Fidel. It's, it is now. I changed it. Oh, yes. I changed it to back to Fidel. You can actually change your battle tag once without consequence. Cool. So, um, but you can also send me an email at questions, the number four, Larry, L-A-R-R-Y, at gmail.com. We haven't had a question since, like, March. So, like, you know, if there is anybody out there, if you're listening, if, if none of you or if, if there are anybody left that is not a zombie due to this apocalyptic situation that we're in right now, Send us a question. We'd really appreciate it so that, that way we can answer on the next pod. Um, as always, we appreciate you. That's all I got. Nicole, where can we find you? Um, I am Nicole the Runner on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, I'm private on Twitter, so you have to like request to follow me, and that's a that's a whole bag of worms you probably also don't want to open. But Instagram's pretty open, and I definitely post a lot about my dog. Um, and I have some ridiculous family photos from the last few months that are about to be coming out in the next couple of days <laughs> because of my wedding anniversary being this month. So, <laughs> yay. <laughs> and you could find me at Beers and Miles, uh, beersandmiles.com. Uh, the article will be going out this weekend to kind of go on something with this, uh, with this topic about me overtraining. Um uh, you can add me on uh, Warzone if you guys if you want to join me and uh, and Brent. Uh, Brent, what's your Warzone gamer tag? Uh, Lil Hunter Five. Lil Hunter Five. It's not a rapper. It's a it's 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 a battle. It's a Warzone. Uh, X C C R I S Chris X C Chris on uh, my gamer tag. If you guys want to play some Warzone, because I've been doing that a lot, um, I'm currently seeing uh, Larry is holding his bladder because he needs a pee. He's gonna pee himself. I hate he's you. gonna pee himself. I, 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 I messaged the Instagram group. I'm like, 
pee myself, but Chris is just like letting this go on. Here we go. Letting go. All right, you can you can you can follow the podcast on uh, iTunes. You can follow it on Spotify. You can Spotify. You can go on Stitcher. You can go on Anchor. Somebody left us a three star review. If you can add another five star review to help that out, because we're at our four point eight, kind of want to get it closer to four point nine. That'd be fantastic. Um, I really appreciate it. Anyways, and if you also you have any questions for us, send it to questions for Larry at gmail.com. That's questions the number four Larry at gmail.com. Uh, Larry's about to pee himself, so we're going to take him off. Larry, can you say bye before you pee yourself? I fucking hate you, Chris. Goodbye, goodbye, everybody. We appreciate you. Thanks, everybody. Uh,